This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, it's Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, I don't know. It uh, It's the full ride on the Chase Thomas Podcast. Matt Green, Belly UNGN alumni, is here as he is twice a week. Matt Green, how are you? Excellent, sir. Just uh, glad to be back at it. Another week of college football. We need to bounce back after that uh, after that week we had last week. It wasn't. So it good. sucks about bye weeks. Bye weeks. Georgia can't just bounce back. I got to sit on this for like two weeks. You know what can you do? And the Braves. You know it's just it's a, a typical weekend for us uh, Atlanta sports fans. Like I hate. I almost think it's like I don't like saying a curse or anything. Like some fans are, and I just hate how it gets brought up so so quick by the pessimist the pessimistic portion of the of the fan base, but. Damn, it really does seem to always be us. We 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 can never have nice things, but uh, we're we're we'll bounce back. We always do. The curse stuff is just some of the dumbest shit on this planet. Um, the idea yeah, that like, some cities are cursed and some people just have naturally bad luck. It's just we like to to think there's a lot more at play in professional sports or just in sports in general than uh, just coincidence. Like it's it's just a coincidence that Atlanta. Has had a lot of bad moments in uh, in sports. It's and not, with like no the, curse. the Red Sox and Cubs, you at least had like uh, one moment to point to. It's like, oh, the curse of the Billy Goat or the curse of the Bambino or something. It's like the, there's nothing that really happened in Atlanta. What just like 1996? They just decided we're not allowed to win championships anymore. Once we got the Olympics, we sold our soul uh, to get the Olympics. Is that what happened? I don't know. Also, this city's been really competent sports wise. It's like Atlanta United just won a title. Um, the Hawks won 60 games not too long ago. They had a playoff streak of 10 plus years for a while. The Falcons obviously were in the Super Bowl. They've been in the Super Bowl twice in the last 30 years. Um, the Braves obviously winning their division straights and now a new NLE streak going on. Like Atlanta's not. <laughs> That's that's why it's so frustrating. It's because they're like they're contenders most of the time. Like obviously the Falcon, the Hawks have been irrelevant for a while, but like the Falcons have had a lot of really good teams. Georgia's had a lot of really good teams. The Braves have had a lot of really good teams. We just can't seem to get that championship. I mean, obviously the Braves did get one. Now we're going on twenty five years ago, but man, hopefully, uh, hopefully things can turn around for this state. Yeah, I um. I don't know. Wait, we, we, we shall see. Um, well, anyway, thank you guys for listening to today's episode. You can find us all and all the good stuff on chasingmostpodcast.com. So go ahead and check that out today. And if you're not subscribed to, to my newsletter that I'm doing every single Saturday, it's free on chasethomasiswriting.substack.com. Go subscribe there today. Uh, Matt, do you have uh, the current standings of the picks in front of you at the moment? Yes, sir, I do. All right, where are we at? So, uh, Refresh the listener's memory. 
Okay, so currently, uh, this past week, I went five and five against the spread to your four and six against the spread, and then I went seven and three overall to your five and five overall. So on the season, I am now 32, 28 and one against the spread. You are 30, 30 and one. And overall, I am 40, 21, 40 and 21, and you are 31 and 30. My psycho cousin, um, who's a freshman in Alabama, uh, slid in my DMs last night and uh, reminded me that I went one and three in the pick questions, or one and two in the pick questions that he sent over to me. Uh, <laughs> he was just like, I, who's winning of these three? I guess he was gambling on them. And uh, it was like Texas A&M. I picked Texas A&M, Auburn, and I forgot. Oh, and Tennessee. And he was like one and two. Yeah, you're going to have those weeks sometimes, you know? But uh, but before I, I have a I have a topic I wanna I feel like because we kind of touched on it we were talking about the Atlanta sports thing I'm not even gonna give this guy credit because I feel like it's the worst uh, the worst tweet take of all time but have you seen this guy who who's talked about if you're a fan of the Braves you have to be a fan of all the Atlanta teams have you have you seen this yes. have you seen this I heard about this mm-hmm. I feel like this is the worst take ever man like you just Especially, it's it's a bad take for just in general because there's a thousand different reasons why people become fans of sports teams. You know, whether down you like their colors or like your granddad took you to your first game. You know, it's so many different things. But it's like especially the Braves. Like, there's literally like ten states that root for the Braves. You know, I don't know if it's that many, but it's like all of the Southeast kind of roots for the Braves. So if I'm a Tennessee Titans fan, I I can't be a Braves fan. Like, that's just. It's the worst take I've ever heard. I had to uh, I had to get your thoughts on that. I think it's a case-by-case basis. I also just don't think sports is that serious. So the weirdos who are adults <laughs> that care and police other people's fandom is just you're you're a fucking weirdo. So that is that is what I'll say on that front, but do I think it's weird when or do I roll my eyes at someone who is a an NBA fan and or a LeBron fan? That yes, that that kind of stuff is very just like a, a, I'm not a fan of that line of thinking. Um, I don't. I don't li- necessarily the Cowboys hate on Laker fan people. Like you don't, uh, we, we <laughs> don't like those in general. Um, For sure. So I think there's, I but I just I go back to my previous point of just like I don't care. Like I don't like who you like, like who you don't. I I understand more of people who are. I I don't know. Like I think I have a stronger resentment towards people who are like hardcore and this is gonna this is gonna be a little rough at you but uh, you get a you get a caveat here in this uh biting analysis for me on fandom um like universities where like i see a lot of people growing up in in atlanta i don't know if this was like the case for you at north Gwinnett, but a lot of people who are like duke basketball fans and then like or unc basketball fans and then like georgia football like what these are not I different like sports. Have... These are one team. You can't just like bounce around universities based on the sport. That is the weirdest thing I've seen. I will say when I was younger, I pulled for Gonzaga. Yeah. But it was just kind of like they're on the opposite side of the country. They they started with G and they're the Bulldogs. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have a football team. But um, even as I got older, I'm like, I'm not really a Gonzaga fan. No. I kind of pulled for it for some years. I'm, I'm a Georgia fan. And when I see you know, J.J. Frazier and Yante Maton, even though that team's not that good, I I still pull for Georgia basketball more than any other team. 
But that's how it should be. Your university, like you don't leave the university for a different university for different sports. That is, and also it's just weird to be a fan of a of a university you did not attend. If you, I, I understand if you're like a Ball State alum, then it's okay for you to be an Ohio State fan. Like I, I, I'm okay with that. But like if you went to Georgia and are like a diehard Florida fan, I just I don't understand that line of thinking. Imagine going to North Gwinnett and being like, "No, nah, I'm actually a big Comet guy." Love the South Gwinnett Comets. I, um, I I just, I like more of what they do. And you're wearing South Gwinnett stuff around the locker room at uh, North Gwinnett. Like that would, we would all look at each other like, what, what, what are you doing? What is this? No, you are a fan of the school you attend. So if you go to a certain school and you give that school money, your money that you'll be paying back likely for the rest of your life and you are not wearing their stuff and repping them on Saturdays and repping them across all sports. I think that's wrong, and I think that's just, like, galaxy brain weird shit. I will say the the spouse, the spouse's fandom, can you get a little bit of leeway for that. So, like, my brother just took his his wife. They went to see a game at Cameron Indoor one year, and she just became, like, a hardcore Duke fan. So she's, like, all about Duke, but he's obviously a big Georgia fan. But he'll, like, root for Duke, you know, because she, Duke's, what like, she her team. What did she think about Chase Bryce this year? big chase Bryce girl <laughs> obviously she's a georgia football fan and then they're like they are like duke basketball fans i'll say but it's kind of like it's more her or him following her fandom because like he just wanted to see a game like cameron indoor you know it's a amazing environment but she went to that environment and was just like oh yeah this is my team now you know so i do kind of understand that and even i remember when um when they won the title a couple years ago with uh with jaleel jaleel okafor and that team and he was like, like, we were watching the national championship game together, and he's like, ah, yeah, I mean, I was rooting for Duke, and they won, but this this isn't the same feeling. Like, this isn't the feeling. It was kind of like when we watched Atlanta United win a championship. It was like, this was awesome. This is the team we were rooting for to win a championship, but, like, this isn't my team. Like, I don't have, like, the, the scars and everything that go well, with new. the The Atlanta United thing is yeah. not their fault. It's just because it's new. Like no, Atlanta, that's true, and we were amped, but it's almost like, yeah, there is something different about it. You know, I just gone through grow so many up years with it. You didn't grow up exactly. going to Atlanta United games. You didn't grow up watching them, and I think that's where MLS is going to win twenty years from now. They're not going to win yet. Like there's a season going on, and I don't think anyone knows that the MLS season. <laughs> like no one knows. That's um, that's accurate. But I do think a lot of people are going to grow up just like watching Atlanta United and going to those games for 20 years. And then they're the diehards. And then it makes sense because they'll live and die with that team. But we're too old. Like we're in our late 20s. We didn't grow up like that. I, I support Atlanta United. My family is like obsessed with Atlanta United. But like, do I do I lose sleep over Joseph Martinez tearing his ACL? No, I, I, I don't. Right. I got some paraphernalia, but uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not looking up who the who the next guys are, are coming up uh, in the in the academy and stuff like that. Like I'm not. I'm not. Looking I think that's up. why I like watching those games, though. Is like I can I can kind of turn off my sports brain because I'm not like thinking critically about um, alignment and matchups, and uh, I can just be a, a normal fan that's because true. I can't really what, do what that. What this means for the the coach in hot seat after yeah. this game. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't exist. Um, what have uh, What have you been reading ahead of uh, this week's this week's games um, on the college football front, Matt? What have you been glossing over to prepare? Um, just just keeping track of everything. Really, uh, trying to 
familiarize myself with the Big Ten. I feel like I found myself reading uh, preview articles this week about the Big Ten. I'm like, oh wow, there's a there's a whole a whole other conference we haven't even been thinking about all year. So oh, I've, I've been thinking about them. Don't you worry, Big Ten and Big Ten listeners. Right, well, I'm a big Big Ten guy. Said. Um, I'm I'm excited for to be back though. I feel like this should be a should be a good first week. Uh, and just you know keeping up with the headlines. Uh, what about yourself? Ryan McGee's bottom ten um, is one of my favorite things um, to read on ESPN.com. So I was going through that. Um, I'm debating if I'm going to get the Orgeron book. Are you going to get it? It's officially out. I can guarantee you, I'm not <laughs> that book. The Canada stuff has me has me in, in, intrigued a little bit. I'm I'm a little intrigued. I'm a little intrigued, but um, I'll I'll let you read it for me and uh, give me the cliff notes. All right. Um, it's like we're back in college all over again. Um, yeah. LSU, uh, USC fans are going to be unhappy as Stuart Mandel of the athletic pointed out because, um, they put themselves on, they, they, they turned themselves in for some booster payments. Uh, I think it was like $180,000. Um, and they banned Odell Beckham, Reggie Bush style for two years from the program for, the thing that happened, it feels like 17 years ago, of him passing out the money in the locker room. So Odell is banned for two years. That, that'll that teach him. And that will, like, I think college football is actually fixed, man. I think we've uh, we've solved it. Yeah, right. The uh, This was crazy to see. I, um, I was shocked by this today. Um, I also was shocked. Did you hear that Odell Beckham says he's not going to get COVID? I did see that one because his body <laughs> is like a fortress a or something. There's respect him, yeah. between him and COVID. But, but yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like all these LSU boosters had to just be like, you know, rolling their eyes when they saw this about uh, Odell. It's like, yo, man, we're, ch- we're trying to give out hundreds as much as anybody. You can't, you can't be doing it on camera. It's like, and you're famous. You got to be low key. you like, we all know these guys are getting money under the table. You just can't be doing it in the middle of the end zone while there's confetti coming from the <laughs> from the ceiling. Oh, well, I don't know. I, are they going to get a bull ban? What does this mean? I know they lost some scholarships, but like ultimately, does this really even put a dent in LSU? Um, I mean, the scholarships. I was kind of surprised. I mean, that's once you start losing some scholarships, like that's a. That's a legitimate punishment, but no, I would think if you're, what was it, something like eight scholarships over the next mm-hmm. two years, I mean, that's that's a significant uh, punishment. So I, I would definitely not think they're going to get any sort of postseason ban when they're going to lose some scholarships over this. What is a bigger punishment? Two more years of Bo Pelini running the defense or eight scholarships being removed <laughs> for two years? No, I, I remember hearing uh, a few years ago that um, – when Kirby took over, because that's that's kind of what they talk about, like Nick Saban, why he's superior to everyone, is it's just like every single detail of the program. And there was one year that they had 84 guys on 84 scholarship players, like the first uh, week of fall practice. And Saban was like losing his shit on like the assistants because like they were just it was unacceptable to be one scholarship player short. And I remember there was one year under Mark Rick where Georgia had started fall practice with like 74 scholarship players, like something just like how are you not filling all these spots? You know, it's just, it's so important. So I would say we know Bo Pelini can be a good coach. I mean, I don't know. If do we, we in 2020, do we know that he's been at Youngstown I, for like 37 years now? That's, that is, a, that is a fact. But, um, I mean, he did a, 
I feel like he did a really underrated job at at Nebraska. Like he, he they had a couple conference title appearances, right? And they won ten games a couple years in a row. But um, you know, I I don't know. We we knew LSU was going to have some sort of a regression with just all the talent they lost. So I would say the the, the eight scholarships is more is much more important. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens there. The a bad year for LSU continues to get, or a bad second half continues to get worse for LSU. Um, Jeremy Pruitt. Speaking of bad things that are happening in the fall of twenty twenty, um, the offense is obviously not going well. They just got uh, boat raced at home by the Kentucky Wildcats. Um, Jeremy Pruitt, in preparation for Alabama coming to Knoxville this weekend, said that uh, this Bama's off this Bama offense is the best that he has ever seen in his life. So things are looking up on Saturday at 3:30 on CBS. Um <laughs> I don't know if they're looking up, but I mean this is definitely one of the best offenses we've ever seen. It's it's I feel like usually just kind of like a hyperbolic statement like that, you kind of just let it slide like, "Oh yeah, they could be," but I feel like when we're one year removed from that LSU offense, it's going to be a couple of years till anyone even suggests anyone could be that as good as that team was offensively. So, yeah, this 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 offense is looks like the best offense Alabama's had, like even the better than the offenses when Tua was there. So, I um I definitely think it's sky's the limit basically for this Alabama team and their offense. I don't know what that means for Tennessee on Saturday though. Uh, it probably means they're not going to win. Is going to be my guess. <laughs> it's probably a good guess. I don't. I don't feel good about it. Um, it's just Mac Jones. He was four for five, two hundred and two yards and two TDs on passes thirty plus yards downfield against Georgia. Like his downfield numbers are insane. He's first in the NCAA in deep yards twenty, which constitutes twenty plus yards downfield. He has a first. Uh, he's first overall in adjusted completion percentage, the minimum there being 100 dropbacks. He's first in yards per attempt. He's second in adjusted completed completed percentage on deep passing attempts, and he's sixth overall in passing yards. Um, the only person. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, can you uh, can you guess who the only quarterback who is ahead of him in completion percentage right now? Oh, that's probably your boy uh, from BYU. It Why is Zach, Zach Wilson. Taylor or Zach Wilson? Yeah, 78 percent. 78.7 mac jones is 78.3 oh man he's down below 80 oh man what a scrub can you name the top seven right now oh man really putting me on the spot is uh is shane bouchelle up there he is not um no you just just hit me with it third trevor lawrence 73 percent four kyle trask at 71.8 five spencer rattler at 71.3 Six, Brady White at Memphis at 69.8. And number seven, Matt Coral of Ole Miss at 69%. Man, I'm sure he dropped he dropped a couple spots after last week. I it's just when you look at like Bill Connolly's Mac Jones QB grid, his QB rating grid, like on throws 20 plus yards down. Like it's just he's nine for twelve, I think, on the season, 443 yards. Uh, throwing the ball plus uh, 20 plus yards downfield. That was actually going into the Georgia game. Like it's just, he's just a monster. He is, he is a monster. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely, I'm not gonna, 
Mac Jones is a great quarterback. I feel like. Oh, here it is. Here's the updated one. Sorry. Can I give you the updated one on on throws 15 yards downfield? Can I give you the updated one? He's 20 of 30, 66.7 completion percentage, eight touchdowns, one pick, on target rate of 72.4%. I guess just bonkers. Yeah, I mean, he's he's straight balling right now. But I still, I give more credit to the wide receivers than than Mac Jones currently. Like, not that he, not to take anything away from him, but those receivers are just ridiculous mismatches. Like, Jalen Waddell is just like a, a 50-yard touchdown just waiting to happen. And as we saw on Saturday, he's a 90-yard touchdown waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, it's It's not good. But uh, but yeah, and Henry Toa Toa making waves with his Instagram story in Knoxville, putting up the 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 I think it was the the fingers crossed for Harrison Bailey picture of Harrison in action on really? Saturday. Yeah. Oh, so there's a divide in the locker room on who the quarterback is. I don't know that uh, that is a good question. Um, I don't know. I just think the problems with UT's offense and just their team as a whole goes a lot deeper right now than uh, quarterback alone. And I think there's a lot of lazy analysis that goes into Jared Garantano's assessments and just like where the program is at the moment, because I think there are bigger problems than just Garantano. I think Garantano, Garantano is one of those problems, but I don't think he is the, the only problem, which I think a lot I of Tennessee fans I don't fall think into. Yeah. I don't think he's very good, but if he if more things were right, I think he could look a little bit better. But I did see someone show the uh, career. I, I feel like actually I got to look this up before you keep moving on. I, I got to look this up and see if this stat was uh, was accurate. I'll just tell you now. And um, they said that Peyton Manning's career completion percentage was 62.5 at Tennessee and Guarantano 62.4. I had I have to uh, I have to fact check that now, but uh, who knows, you know? Yeah, that is that is accurate. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's just it's gonna be a bloodbath on Saturday, but uh, but yeah, yeah we'll be- see. They fired their defensive line coach, and Pruitt's not happy there. Um, they're making making changes. Niedermeyer's probably good, and the linebacker he's like an expert recruiter, so he's not. Why did be. they stop playing this game on the third Saturday of October? That's what I want to know. I don't like think that it was matters. such a great that was such a great rivalry name. Third Saturday of October? I don't know. There's something cool about that. Now wait, is this not are. the third Saturday of October? No, this will be the fourth Saturday. Is it? Hold on. Yeah, what was it? The third? The no. third was No, this is the third Saturday. Wait, no. It is. Third, tenth, seventeenth, uh, and then the twenty fourth. Yeah. The fourth one. Hmm. But yeah, just that's what grinds my gears. That's all. Matt Green, really concerned with the the important things exactly only the important most important things roddy white tells trevor lawrence to uh to stay in school if the jets get the number one overall pick i'd like to know your take on this first before i give um, you my okay i'll do this uh this is dumb as hell it doesn't matter if it's the jets it doesn't matter if it's the giants it doesn't matter if it's the falcons the vikings whoever um he has nothing to gain in college football anymore there is nothing left for trevor lawrence to gain he's won the heisman if he doesn't play another snap he is going to make millions and millions of dollars um i understand the worry about being the jets quarterback not a great track record there um it doesn't matter go get paid you're one injury away from it all going away 
you're one injury away. You're one torn Achilles, whatever, and then never being the same. Just just yeah. go get your money. You've worked too hard, too long. To play for free for another season is just just dumb. And I don't think you should encourage top athletes, especially in college football, to to do that. I think it's irresponsible. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, who's to say whoever's drafting number one overall next year is going to be a better situation than the Jets? You mm-hmm. know, I mean, in, in terms of, like, marketing and branding, you know, how I know people love to to bring that kind of stuff up. I mean, it's New York City, so you got this once-in-a-generation quarterback, like we've been told Trevor Lawrence is since he was, like, 16 years old. Like, I mean, it's probably a good thing for him to be in New York City. Like, I would think that... That would be fine. Like the Jets aren't this like just irrelevant franchise that just like the Browns or the the Lions were for just decades and decades. It's like, I mean, this team made a couple conference championships. Like when was that? 2010, 2011? Like the Jets have been a respectable franchise. They're just not very good right now. And if they got Trevor Lawrence, they'd probably be a whole lot better. So I feel like you just have to have the confidence that you're that you're so good that wherever you go is going to be better than they were, you know, and we've seen NFL teams like the NFL. I think that's what makes it the best professional sports league in my mind is just the parody that we just constantly see teams go from last place in their division to first place the next year. Like there's just there seems to be such a quick turnaround and and getting making a team good. It's like the what the chargers were the team that um, Archie Manning didn't want Eli playing for, you know? And so they went to the giants and it's like the chargers for that, like next five, six, seven year periods were about as elite as it got, like with the, with those defenses and Ladanian Tomlinson and everything. So I feel like everything's cyclical. So he just, like you said, if, if he were to come back for his fourth year at Clemson and just get hurt, it would just be like the worst mistake ever. If he was obviously a serious injury, so yeah, I um I love how like these professional athletes that made their money are telling these dudes that haven't made their money what to do yet. Like it's like Mark Teixeira when all the MLB stuff was going on, like, oh, these guys should just suck it up and play for less money this year because <laughs> it's for the good of the American people. It's like, yeah, bro, you went to New York and got fucking paid. So like, I don't want to hear your opinion on how much money I should be making. Right. Hmm. Um, never count on other people's money. That is a that is a good thing to do. Um, last little note before we get into this week's games. Uh, the photographer um, who got hit by Ma- the, the Texas Longhorns mascot, Bevo, is suing the owners of Bevo over 2019 Sugar Bowl injuries. Do you remember this when this happened? Because it was against your team. Of course, I remember this. I uh, I feel like UGA would be suing him if uh, if Bevo got a little closer to Uga. He was really close to Uga. That was yeah, that was a really... close call for sure. Did you I see mean, the as pictures? Much as, as much as I love Uga, I mean, what what does Bevo have about a thousand pounds on Uga? <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think Uga would have fared well there. I don't think a lot of inbred dogs would have felt, fared well there. Smokey yeah. was a little bit bigger and a little bit more, um, just a, a better looking dog. So I think he would have. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! How how dare you? Better looking dog. Smokey, blue tick hounds are, are beautiful creatures. No, Smokey's a great looking dog, but yeah, I I thought this. 
I, th- I wonder if there was going to be some long-term ramifications from this when it happened because there were so many people like in that just little crowded area. Like, I mean that that thing. Uh, <laughs> what's the what's what's there? Like gore gore can gore you with his uh, horns? Like those horns are freaking huge. Like he could have killed somebody down there. <laughs> honestly, Matt Green wants to put down Bevo. No, I'm not trying to put him down. I just, I wondered if there would be any kind of like, like this is the age we live in, the PC culture, you know, the social justice warriors. It's All right, like, outkick Mac coverage here. Oh no, I'm just, I'm saying like someone, it's just a reactionary society we live in. Like one person does something wrong and you got to pass a law against something, you know, and, and unfortunately like, you know, one person gets hurt at the swimming pool, you got to get rid of the diving board kind of thing, you know, so with how dangerous this animal really is and like uh same with like uh the dude i'm drawing a blank on his name uh colorado buffalo what's this oh uh oh oh my god man what I'm is totally his name ralphie it on... starts with an r ralphie like. ralphie yeah 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 it's like those things they could kill somebody out there <laughs> so you just you worry that like one incident could get rid of like what is a cool tradition i mean could mm. you imagine if like Mike yeah the i missed them on the sidelines this year i don't understand why the dogs and animals are not allowed to be to be around this football season i don't understand it yeah if anything there's less people than normal there's like less variables yeah. to happen for the animals yeah i thought it was weird too mm. well thoughts and prayers to the photographer who was bevoed um in the 2019 sugar bowl it's gonna be interesting to see how much money he gets uh in this suit do you know Um, how uh how bevo got its name uh i do not so texas a&m kidnapped bevo back (laughs) in the good old days we could do stuff like that i guess and spray painted 13 to 0 on the side of the longhorn because i guess they beat him 13 0 and so if you if you make that 13 with your with your fingers you know the 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 13 kind of looks like a b and so they like turn that into a b and then like obviously the zero is an o and then they just kind of like i don't know how they came up with the ev in the middle of it but that's how they like gave it its name from from uh texas a&m students vandalizing their mascot so there you have it folks um you Do never you call it know. Vandalizing when it's like a, a living thing that almost seems that it almost seems worse than vandalism. It's Not like a, a good sol- look. I don't Texas know. Maggie's. Not a good look. Um, and also another reason that uh, those two schools not playing each other every year is some of the dumbest shit on the planet. It is. It's terrible for college football, especially a And M. Since a And M joined the SEC, I feel like their their clout, like kind of their place in college football, has has gone up. Mm-hmm. So it's like that rivalry would be way more uh, interesting than it was when they stopped when they left the Big Twelve. Yeah, I I agree. It's probably Just why bring Texas it back. Doesn't play. Bring it back. It's ridiculous. Just bring it back. Um. All right. Are you ready to get into this week's pick'em? Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Where are we going? All right. So this is a this was an interesting spread. We're starting in the ACC. Uh, the C- Carolina State game, the the best rivalry name in all of sports. <laughs> um, North Carolina is a sixteen and a half point favorite over NC State. That is North insane. Carolina's at home, yeah, yeah. Coming off the loss to to Florida State. So, what are your thoughts about this one? Do they know something we don't about the backup quarterback situation for NC State? 
That's kind of what I was wondering. Also, I did I did my homework on Bailey Hockman. We talked about him last week. He's from McEachern. He was committed to Georgia and Mark Richt. Uh, so he was class of 2017. So he was committed as like a sophomore. Went to Florida State, uh, transferred junior college, and now he's at NC State. Mm. Um, I don't think North Carolina is going to – I think they fought really hard to get back in this game um, against Florida State, and obviously they've had trouble in Tallahassee before. I I think Sam Howell shows resiliency, and I think – this group bounces back. I don't think they're a top five team like they were um, before last weekend, but uh, I do think they're they're better than the Wolfpack. So give me give me the Tar Heels and the points. I think they know something. I think they they might just blow them out. Maybe this NC State team. Wow. Can't. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Possible. I think I think that's they they must be putting a lot of stock into the backup quarterback thing and i was looking at just looking at the 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 box score of north carolina florida state like florida state had 190 passing yards on them like they blocked florida state blocked two punts and had a pick six i wonder if they're kind of thinking this north carolina kind of some fluky things happen to them but they're still a good team i personally just feel like that's too big of a spread for me and I like how NC State has looked this year. Maybe I'm not prepared for how big of a drop-off it's going to be at quarterback. I think North Carolina gets the win, but I think NC State covers. Um, have you seen what the lowest ticket price is for this game? <laughs> no, I haven't. $300 is the lowest you can get a North Carolina, North Carolina State That's, ticket for this Saturday. There's no way. That's yes, gotta be- it's true. How is that possible? Look it up right now. How many people are they? Are they letting in like 100 people? No, I'm telling you, this is the COVID reality. Like Tennessee tickets, the lowest one for Tennessee, Kentucky was 100 last weekend. See, but that makes sense. I feel like lowest for like Tennessee, Georgia was like 120, 130. Yeah. How is North Carolina, North Carolina State? Two ranked North Carolina schools, sir. I guess they've just been, they've been starving for some, some good football matchups. Maybe that's what it is. But um, that's our noon ESPN kickoff. Then on ESPNU at noon, this is a tough one. Georgia Southern is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at the ranked Coastal Carolina, or six-and-a-half-point underdog, I should say, at the ranked Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, the Shants, as they call them. Conway, um, South Carolina's own. Yes, exactly. So uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Georgia Southern, I think, is is good. They're solid, um, but I, I just can't get. I love that Coastal Carolina is ranked twenty five, twenty fifth in the country. I love that. Um, give me Coastal Carolina. Keep it rolling. I hope they're undefeated for as long as possible. I'm just going to keep taking the Chanticleers until they lose, and they cover here. I kind of feel the same way. I um, this is on their fourth year in the FBS, and they're ranked. I um, this just feels like a game where. Georgia Southern is going to win, but I feel, I don't know. I feel like I'm a, I want to be a believer in coastal Carolina. Like, even though it just has the feel of, like, I think app state a couple years ago, they went when they went like 11 and one or something, Georgia Southern was that one loss on their record. So I feel like I'm telling myself why I should pick Georgia Southern, but I'm still going to take coastal Carolina. I've liked how uh, Grayson McCall has looked so far. So Give me Coastal Carolina and the six and a half as well. It's a good and call. And then we, uh, <laughs> good one. And then we move to the Big 12. 
TCU, seven-point home underdog to Oklahoma. What you think about this one? Well, what's the spread again? Oklahoma's a seven-point favorite on the road. <sighs> Rattler bounced back after getting benched mid-Texas uh, game. And it's just going to be, I think, a little bit of a topsy-turvy kind of year for Oklahoma. But Lincoln Riley... I doubted him last week. I shouldn't have doubted him. I shouldn't have doubted the Lincoln. Future Atlanta Falcons head coach Lincoln Riley. I should not have doubted him. I made that mistake once. I'll never do it again, Lincoln. I'm, I apologize. Uh, give me Lincoln Riley and the points. I think TCU might not be that good this year. I think I, I got a little too hyped about TCU. I feel like I got too hyped about TCU as well. Uh, seeing him play against Kansas State, they didn't really look good at all. No. Um, and Kansas State didn't even have their starting quarterback in this game. Yeah, so I uh, it's gonna it's been such an unpredictable year, but I'm gonna go Oklahoma in this one. And then moving on to the have AC's. we disagreed yet? Uh, yeah, we disagreed. I I, I said NC State would cover in okay. that first one, but uh, we haven't disagreed overall. But uh, in the next one we got Louisville at home, and they are a five point no uh. Five point favorite uh, to ple- to beat For- Florida State, struggling to get in that one out. You have thoughts on this one? You want me to go? Louisville was surprisingly solid, and I think Malik Cunningham showed a lot of good stuff against Notre Dame last Saturday. They were in that game the whole night. Um, I just don't think their record matches who they are as a team and I can't figure it out, but I don't think Scott Satterfield's group is going to fall to this will be one and five, right? If they lose this game, cause they're one and four. Yeah, it would be. I don't I, think that's going to happen. Give me Louisville into cover. I was kind of thinking the same thing. You just look at them on paper and they look better than a one and four team, but, um, I still don't understand why they're favored necessarily. So, I was tempted to go Louisville to win and just go Florida State with the points, but I'm going to go Florida State getting their uh, second straight win. Mm. Okay. I don't think Florida State's passing one, games there yet. I, I don't. I don't know. That's probably they don't. They definitely don't look good. And I feel like that spread suggests that like I feel like North Carolina and Florida State spread are both suggesting that like not pay attention to that game last week is like this is not how good either of these teams are and maybe they're right but um I'm going Florida State this week and then this next one was one I I wanted to call it my upset pick of the week but um I don't think I have the balls to do it uh Pittsburgh ten and a half point underdog at home versus Notre Dame. After watching Notre Dame last week, I think they could easily lose to just about anyone in the ACC. I mean, with how they played against Louisville. I mean, maybe, you know, like we just said, Louisville's a little bit better than people are giving them credit for right now. I just, I feel like Pittsburgh, this is going to be a winnable game late for them, but I just feel like it's going to be another close loss and they're not going to get it done. Like, I wanted to pick it, but I, I think... I think Notre Dame might might have a little chip on their shoulder with everyone disrespecting their uh, their number three rating. What do you think? I think Pitt just really sucks this year. I think we we bought in. They started off three and zero, and they've lost three straight. Um, I think Notre Dame's offense has real problems, and this is going to be a very very ugly game. A lot of short passing in this game. So if you are an offensive uh, offensive guy, then I would 
I would steer clear of Ian Book and the backup behind Kenny Pickett because I don't even know if Kenny Pickett's playing in this game. Uh, give me Notre Dame, but I think Pitt. You know what? Just give me Notre Dame and Notre Dame winning and covering. I, I don't. I, this Pitt team sucks. I've watched way too much of them. I, they really suck. <laughs> I feel like I've watched too much of them, too. I don't know. I feel like I'm pulling for them. That's why it seems like I just want this team to get one. Do you know what uh, the lowest ticket is for this game? Pitt, Notre Dame. The lowest lowest ticket. This can't be more than 150 bucks, right? $252. Wow. I mean, I guess Notre Dame's got a lot of cachet, though. So maybe maybe, uh, every, every team's in the ACC's ticket price is a little more expensive when they play Notre Dame. I'm not sure. But um, moving on, first Big Ten game of the season. We got Indiana, six-and-a-half-point home underdog to Penn State. This is a 3.30 FS1 kickoff. Penn State went 11-2 and last year. Indiana went 8-5, and lost to Tennessee in, what was that, the, is that the Gator Bowl? Bowl? Gator Bowl, yeah, I think it was the Gator Bowl. Is that which one it was? Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this one? Uh, Penn State, lock it up. Lock of the week. Give it to me. Penn State. You, you've Win seen State. that Journey Brown could miss the entire season, right? With yeah. uh, some kind of medical issue. Penn State, I think, is going to be pretty solid this year. I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think maybe a mid-season. I am excited about this offense. Indiana might could keep it close, but coming out first game of the season, these guys have been ready to play. I think Penn State uh, puts it on them. The debut of the, the former Minnesota offensive coordinator who they, they brought over for the same position. Okay. I think Penn State's going to be good. So give me Penn State to win and cover. All right. And then 3.30 on ABC. Oh, I'm sorry. 3.30 on ESPN. Uh, Baylor goes on the road to Texas. Why Texas. the hell is this on ESPN? Yeah, this is a... I feel like the the SEC, man. It's such a terrible SEC slate. There's like no games to compete, but... Yeah, this does seem like a, a terrible game to be that midday ESPN game, but Texas is a six and a half point favorite. Or no, I'm looking at that wrong. That's an eight and a half point favorite. Yeah, I think Texas wins big. They have to. This is like one of those where if you really don't want the wheels to come off and if you're Tom Herman, this is with new coach Dave Aranda and Baylor's look bad. Um, it's going to take some time for Dave Aranda's group and Larry Fedora to get everything right there. And Charlie Brewer's look bad. I don't know if you've perused his numbers this season, but they're not good. Um, I think Sam Ellinger goes all over uh, this Baylor team, and uh, Texas wins big. Well, yeah, and they've had three postponed games already. Yeah. So I just feel like Baylor hasn't really been able to find any sort of flow. And, yeah, this game could be is worse. so— could be Rice. What's what's happened to Rice? They they just keep getting postponed. They like haven't played since like early September. I don't even think they've played yet. Really? That's crazy. But um yeah, I think this game is, like you said, monumentally important for Texas and probably Tom Herman's just job security. So I think Texas gets it done as well. And then the one SEC game on our pick 'em, um, we'll have to dive into the the other SEC games, but uh Seven o'clock ESPN. This is their prime time ESPN game. LSU is a six and a half point favorite at home for South Carolina. Ugh. Miles Brennan, is he even going to play in this game? Oh, you know, I haven't seen the latest. Uh, that's that's a very good question. Because that's going to affect how I pick this game. Um, this is at LSU. 
Uh, four, as of four hours ago, it is. Ed Orgeron said we don't think that Brennan is going to be able to play. Oh. So hmm. that could definitely change some things. Here's the thing. I still think they... I don't think South Carolina is good. I think Auburn is that inept. I don't think LSU is Auburn inept at this point in time. And... I I think South Carolina's defense has a lot of problems. Just Auburn is just too bad on both sides right now to to solve those problems. Um, I do think uh, LSU, even with a backup quarterback, can withstand South Carolina. What is the line? It is six and a half. <sighs> Give me LSU to win, but uh, South Carolina to cover. Yeah, I know Kevin Harris comes in. He's one of the leading rushers in the SEC, averaging just over 100 yards a game. Um, so he's looked good so far this year. I have, like, haven't really been impressed with Colin Hill. I mean, he's looked fine. But I think you uh, you kind of said what I was going to say in, in the terms of – I feel like Auburn beat themselves last week. I don't think South Carolina necessarily – you know, I'm not discrediting their defense for making some picks and things like that, but I feel like Bo Nix and Auburn just made so many mistakes. I don't think LSU is going to beat themselves like Auburn did. So, yeah, I'm taking LSU too. Where are we going next? And then this is a uh, game day this week. I uh, This is going to be interesting going back to the Tennessee Bama. This is our 7.30. Tennessee-Bama didn't even make our pick him this week. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's a high spread. We'll, we'll have to get into that one. But um, this is our ABC primetime game. I assume like Kirk Herbstreet and that crew calling it. Minnesota is a three-and-a-half-point underdog to Michigan. This this is my I'm so excited for this game. I'm very I'm very locked in for this game on This on is Saturday my home night. dog of the week right here. This mm. is... Minnesota, might as well, lock, lock of the week. Minnesota, three-and-a-half-point underdog at home. These two teams haven't played since 2017. Tanner Morgan is back. Rashad Bateman was going to opt out. He's opted back in. I think Minnesota wins this outright, much less cover the spread. So I think Minnesota gets the win, and it is going to be week one of our weekly Jim Harbaugh hot seat talk. Yeah. Everyone's going to talk about it all year. And I mean, I think, uh, who's it? Dylan McCaffrey is, is hit the transfer portal. Yeah, so Joe not, Milton. Yeah, no, it's Milton. It's big time. Milton, the big dude. Have you seen how big yeah, this guy is? Six, five, two forty five. Like I was looking at 11 career pass attempts for this guy though. I remember he was a <laughs> you know big time, like top hundred prospect or whatever coming out of high school. But, um, I don't, I don't. I think Minnesota. It was a big season for them. I think they're gonna continue it going into 2020. And I like Minnesota in this one. Yeah, I um, I'm with you. I think they're. I, I'm just. I'm not. I'm just not sold on the Gattis offense at, at Michigan. That offense was clunky last year, and they obviously have a bunch of talent. But Don Brown's defense sh- showed some some leaks, and Minnesota was good. The last time we saw them, they just overpowered Auburn and. uh I think it was the Music City Bowl. I watched this whole game and took a bunch of notes on it. But uh, Johnson and that? Bateman, that, that could be right. They were, they were just destroying them. I think maybe it was the Outback Bowl. Now I think about it. Um, they just destroyed them. And Tanner Morgan is super efficient. He doesn't take risks. He just he knows where to go with the football. Um, they're replacing their offense coordinator, who obviously left to go to Penn State. But I think Minnesota people are still a little nervous to bet on Fleck in this group. But 
they won double figure games for a reason last year. And I think they're just a better program at the moment. They're better coach. They're just a better team. And having Bateman back, I think it's huge for Morgan in this group. Um, I'm with you. Give me Minnesota to, to win and obviously cover because they are not favored. And you were also correct. That was the Outback Bowl last year. They beat Auburn 31-24. Um, and then moving on to the the other Power 5 conference, SMU hosting Cincinnati. This is, a uh, I swear, week in and week out. The AAC gives us like at least one solid game that like two... put them all in the Big Twelve. What are we doing? I'm saying, man, they. Uh, I was really disappointed. I forget which one. <laughs> I already forgot which one it was that got postponed last week. Tulsa and somebody, but um, was it Tulsa and Cincinnati? Was that the I game that so, got yeah. postponed? Um, so SMU is a two. I was shocked by this because I assumed Cincinnati would have all the hype, but. SMU is a two and a half point favorite in this game. Um, I'm struggling with this game. Like I've gone back and forth. Cincinnati's like not really the typical group of five team, you know, that, that scores 50 a game and just can pass it all over the place. So they're built like one of, you know, the more traditional way of just like having a good defense and running the ball some. So, I don't know. I need I need your pick first. You you tell me. I always err on the side of offenses. And I, like you, am just very concerned with the quarterback play at Cincinnati this year. Like I think their defense is solid. And like you said, they're not built like a traditional, just like uh group of five dominant team. They're just not a, they're not a UCF. They're not an SMU. They're not a Houston. They're they're built like a solid Big Ten team, honestly. Yeah, they really are. And I don't think they're going to be able to score enough for Sonny Dykes and Shane Bichelle. I really don't. I think this is where they, they, Desmond Howard, somebody go check on my man Desmond because he obviously had Cincinnati in the playoff uh, before this season. And uh, I think this is, this is where it ends because I, I don't think they can score enough to hang with the Mustangs. But if I look at the halftime score and it's like 10, seven Cincinnati, I'm like, all right, it's over. Like if, if they play their game and they keep it, low scoring early then i'm like okay cincinnati's going to control their will and they're going to win a, a a very contested close game but if it's like 17 14 after one then it's like oh smu's got this in the bag i feel like philosophically just you're an offensive guy and mm-hmm. i'm a defensive guy and i feel like that makes me want to pick cincinnati just to like keep up that uh <laughs> that trend but um smu's got Right now, the leading rusher in the AAC and three of the top five leading receivers in the uh, AAC, along with Shane Bouchel, who I think would be leading most conferences in passing stats if it weren't for Dylan Gabriel. And so I'm, I'm going to go SMU, too much offense. And then our, uh, our game of the week on the Pick'em, we go to the Big 12, 330 Fox kickoff. Probably have Gus Johnson for this one, right? Um. Maybe he does that noon Big Ten game. I don't know. But uh, Iowa State goes into Stillwater. They are a three-and-a-half-point underdog to Oklahoma State. Chase, give me your thoughts. <sighs> Big moment for the Big 12. Big 12 commish. It's going to be sweating through this one. Um, if 
OK State goes down here. It's over. Just go ahead and wrap it up. Um, they're not making the playoff this year, most likely. Um, this is huge. I is Spencer Sanders playing in this game? Do we know? I do not know. Let me see, because he's been banged. He's been banged up, and I don't know. Uh, he is. It's still a mite. So <sighs> apparently, Gundy says that Oklahoma State is going to use multiple quarterbacks versus Iowa State. Um, so Matt Campbell is going to have to prepare all week for multiple quarterbacks. Um, God, this is tough because I think Iowa State's the best team in the Big Twelve. I, I've been thinking about it all week. I think they're the best team. The team that lost the opener at home to to uh, Louisiana is the best team in the Big Twelve. Is where I'm at right now. But yeah, um, let that sink in. Yeah, I. I still think Oklahoma State doesn't lose here. I think they're going to lose to one of Texas, Oklahoma, but I don't think they they blow this year. I think they keep their undefeated streak a little bit longer. Give me Oklahoma State. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they've just kind of quietly, just week in and week out, just kind of kept that undefeated record and everything, and they just kind of creeped their way up the poles. Were they six now? I um, but they just haven't lost and. Chuba Hubbard, I mean, he's not putting up, like, record-breaking numbers, you know, but they've also kind of been spreading the wealth a little bit more. Tyler Wallace is still there, and he's a freak. In the running game. Yeah, and that's true for sure. I was I was having this conversation. Like, Iowa State has no chance to make the playoff. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, no. even if they run the table, just that first loss, is that's going to do them in. Right. A w- one-loss Big 12 team. Mm. I, um... I, I, I honestly, I think, oh, I think Iowa State is the best team in the Big Twelve, and three and a half point dog on the road. I, uh, I think this is Matt Campbell. This is Matt Campbell's shot. Big Twelve's wide open this year. Um, I think I'm going Iowa State. All right, I don't hate it. Not just like, not just to cover like Iowa State to win outright. All right, I like it. I like it. Um. Can I run through the rest of the, the games this week that uh, I want to pick your brain about? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, Thursday night, Arkansas State at App State. Um, this will be on ESPN at 7.30. I'll be watching a little bit of this. Kind of still trying to get a feel for where App State is as a program right now under Clark. Um, South Florida in the bottom 10 in Ryan McGee's rankings, they've just been really bad. They're hosting Tulsa. You're Golden Hurricanes. You're all in on Tulsa. So I hope you're going to be watching that <laughs> Friday at ESPN. 7.30 also on Friday. Okay, so you need to go ahead and kick South Florida Tulsa out because on the CBS Sports Network at 8 o'clock on Friday, it's going to be UAB at home against Billy Napier's Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Why is this not the ESPN game? That's a good question. The CBS Sports Network, that's people need that's to see that. that. That's gonna be a really good game. Two very well coached teams, two really good programs. What are we doing? Yeah, this is a this is a much more interesting game, honestly. I feel like Tol- South Florida's been like Tulsa's look solid, but South Florida's been terrible this year. I we don't uh, need to put them on national television. No, I agree. They uh, they dropped the ball. Maybe does the Sunbelt have some sort of uh CBS uh, <laughs> sports connection. I don't know. Some tie in. I am not sure. Uh, Wisconsin hosts Illinois also on Friday night on the big 12 ne- or big 10 network. 
Um, Wisconsin, sneaky playoff favorite. Um, if Ohio State struggles, they're the number two. I'm interested to see what um, Levy Smith builds off a really good campaign last year where I believe they upset Wisconsin to end their undefeated season at home last year, right? Oh, I'm going to have to take your word for that I think one. they won on a last-second field. I'm pretty sure they upset uh, Wisconsin at the revenge game for Wisconsin here, so that should be interesting. Um, Syracuse goes to Clemson with their backup quarterback. I don't think uh, that's going to go well. Nebraska, surprised this did not make the pick at Ohio State at noon on Fox. I'm going to watch a lot of this. Very excited about what's that. The, uh, what's the line on that game? Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I'm not sure. Ah. I don't have any of the lines. I'll find it for you. Yeah. Um, Kansas goes to Kansas State. (laughs) I uh, I just don't uh, don't think I'm going to be watching much of that. It's kind of weird that their stadium's called Bill Snyder Family Stadium when Bill Snyder's still alive. (laughs) (laughs) They should just start calling it Bill Bill Snyder Memorial Stadium. (laughs) God rest his soul. Like he's still alive and he's it's named after him. It's kind of weird. Um, By the way, you were correct. Illinois did uh, spoil Wisconsin's. 6-0 6-0 and start with a 24-23 win last year. Yeah, so I'm I'm interested to see how this looks. Um, Old Miss and Auburn at, is a sneaky, important game for both teams at noon. Um, I think Old Miss wins this. What about you? Do you think Auburn actually writes the ship here? Because I don't. Um, where is this game? Old Miss. At Old Miss? That's a good question, man. These are two teams that feel very different this week after they did the week before um that's such a tough one i feel like i would still lean towards auburn but shoot i don't feel good about it i have no idea what's gonna happen in that game mel tucker makes his debut for the michigan state spartans at home against the Rutgers scarlet knights yeah they um did mel tucker a solid let him get a w (laughs) first game uh under his belt Sneaky By good the way, game Auburn's, too. A, yep. Auburn's a three-point favorite in that game. And, oh, uh, give me oh, give me my gambling pick of the week. Take the Rebels. Take the and, Rebels. Oh, your more difficult pick, Ohio State is a 26-point favorite over Nebraska. <sighs> I would take Ohio State. I would, too. Poor Nebraska, Scott Frost. He demanded football, and uh, this is what he's going to get. <laughs> um, UCF hosting Tulane is a sneaky game. Uh, I don't know if you saw the footage of McKenzie Milton throwing the football around this week at practice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I think that will be an interesting game. Tulane's good, and UCF is fighting back. Uh, Your Marshall Thundering Herd, number 22 in the country, hosting Florida Atlantic and the Willie Taggarts. The Herd. Hey, pick the Herd all day, man. Virginia Tech, number 19 in the country, is on the road at Wake Forest. Um, On ESPN3, I doubted the claw fence for weeks. Not anymore. Give me the Demon Deacons at home. Upset? Yeah, give me the Demon okay. Deacons. I think Virginia Tech takes care of business. Although I have liked Wake Forest this year. I feel like we both we both said this should be this is probably a game that should have been on the pick'em. This is a solid solid ACC game this week. Lowest ticket, two hundred and sixty nine dollars. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, look it up. $269 to go to that game. Yeah. Well, I know Wake Forest, I think, has like a a student enrollment of like 3,000 or something, right? It's like a really small small school in the country. Yeah. Yeah. But so maybe, maybe if they're only letting like a thousand students in, I don't know. 
Um, Truest field, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> the the extension of the Braves. Um, Jordan yeah. Tech tries to rebound at Boston College at 4 o'clock. Um, I like Boston College here, but that's a sneaky, interesting game. Both teams coming off bad losses this week. Um, Iowa goes to Purdue, where Brian Brom is coaching for his father, Jeff Brom, in the home opener for Purdue. But Rondale Moore is back. He opted back in, so I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, very excited for the 3.30 Big Ten Network game, Purdue-Iowa. Who, who's not pumped up about that? Um, that should be... Um... Oh, never mind. It's on Big Ten Network. All right. Can I, was, I give you what I'm really going to say? That should be the Beth, the Beth Moens game of the week. That, I'm a big that, Beth uh, Moens guy. Big Ten kickoff. Oh, uh, don't talk. Wait, are you getting Beth Moens and Pam Ward confused? No, Beth Moens is the one that people people uh, seem to complain so much about when they're doing when she's doing her games. I don't have an I don't have an issue with Beth Moens. Beth but Moens is she's great. Just, she's been on this podcast. Her, I know Beth. She's fantastic, and she was great on Monday Night Football oh, nice. uh, last year. Yeah. She's like her. I just always feel like I always hear her voice. It's like that Northwestern Michigan State like noon game. It's like you can just you can just hear it. I thought that was Pam Moore, but maybe I'm crazy. Um, Hawaii is playing at seven thirty at Fresno. Very upset. It's bullshit. Like I am so ready for Hawaii football being back. Todd Graham era. Let's go. But um. They're playing at 7.30. I want this at midnight. That is how I wrap up my college football Saturdays, is late night Hawaii. This is bullshit. 7.30? In this economy? Ah. <laughs> well, it's at Fresno, right? Yeah. Oh, Fresno, they can't wait till midnight. I guess they it's could. It's West Coast. It'd be kind of, it'd be kind of a, a late kickoff. It'd be kick 9 o'clock off, for them. Yeah. It's nonsense. Uh, I don't like sorry it. Sorry to throw off your Saturday night, man. It's bullshit. Um... Texas Tech, one and three, trying to survive against West Virginia at home at five thirty. Um, don't like, uh, don't like this game. Gonna avoid it at all at costs. Five? I've never heard of a college football game being at five thirty. <laughs> like, they just put that at a time that they was like, no one can watch this game if it's at five thirty. Yeah, just go with that. No one needs to see this. The sneaky great SEC game will wrap up here that I'm very excited about. Um, Kentucky at Mizzou on the SEC Network at four o'clock. This is sneaky, very interesting, because Basilak got that Mizzou offense rolling. That Mizzou offense looks very different than what they were a couple weeks ago. They're just a different team um, without Robinson under center, and Kentucky obviously could be undefeated at this point in time. I'm very interested to see what gives Kentucky's defense or Missouri's offense. So I'm very fascinated to talk about that on Sunday, because I want to see how this goes. Yeah, that's a good point. I haven't even really uh, really looked at that game this much this week. And uh, seeing Kentucky as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, I'm not sure what I would do if I was gambling on this one. Like, uh, was that, that That's a toss-up game. So, yeah, I think that'll, uh, when, when Tennessee-Alabama gets out of hand around uh, mid- midway through the second quarter, yeah, about 4.30 or so, <laughs> flip over to this one. That, that is probably going to give us a better game. I think so. Um, all right. Are you ready to get into the, the last segment of the week? You know it, man. I know you hate it. But guess what? Jake Garcia, our favorite high school quarterback on this podcast. Did you see this? He transferred after getting denied at Valdosta. No eligibility at Valdosta. So the for- the USC commit, top 300 quarterback in ESPN. Guess where he wound up, Matt Green. 
He's not at like Colquitt County or something, is he? No. He <laughs> is at Grayson High School. No way. I have not seen that. Is that not wild? Dude, what is up with Grayson though? Like, their guys just seem to to just transfer all over the place. Like, it seems like every highly ranked guy they've had in recent history has not really panned out. Uh, it's painting with a broad brush. Obviously, there's some guy, even Kim Dietschy, though, for how he was talked about, like this once in a generational talent. Even like he was good, obviously, but say, even for that down. praise, he was disappointing for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there you go, Jake Garcia. We'll have to see if it gets. That's interesting. Let's see. If so it why gets... was he not eligible? At, what was the reason? Well, they like tried to the the broad strokes here is that like they faked like a parental separation because the mom oh, stayed in right. california and he moved with his dad to valdosta over the summer and they were like yeah no this doesn't count this is not a real like separation you moved here to play for rush probes in valdosta because california is not playing fi- high school football this fall so was it like lowns county or something said he couldn't play or like, i don't valdosta know that's a good question what if it's based on classifications because they're in a different classification than grayson uh, I have no idea. Are they? I thought they were both 7A. No. Valdosta's 6A. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah, maybe that's what it is. But, yeah, I feel like it's one thing if you went to another state, but, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what rules they're going to enforce at Valdosta <laughs> that they're not going to enforce at Grayson, but who knows? They must know something that we don't know. Yeah, maybe. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, a lot of good games this weekend in high school football. Uh, Tiff County hosting Perry. Tiffed off to a rough start, one and three. Perry at two and three. Who do you like here? Oh, uh, give me Tiffed. I always love Tiff County's name, and I think we played them in the state title game in like '98. They actually, uh, they actually beat North. Um, my junior year of high school, I want to say it was like in the might have been the state semifinals or it was like either the final eight or the final four tiffed beat north and then i think the football player said the next year when it was their senior year they played uh lounge in the state championships they drove down there and supposedly they like they stopped like in tiffed county to like eat <laughs> to like make a point like they're going to the state championship now but um yeah so that was like a low-key little rivalry there for a couple years that's funny um, Rashad Damon is from uh, Tift, actually. Is we he really? Spoke of. Small world, small world. I like that. Um, cool uniforms. I like it. I just don't know where Tift in Georgia is. Like, is that where in the south? Is that where? Where is Tift? It's like real far south, like south and like like east west, like right in the middle. I'm pretty sure. Mm. Like it's pretty. It's I think it's like an hour from the Florida border. Or so okay. Hmm. North Forsyth, five and one on the year, going to Forsyth Central, the 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 Bulldogs. Who do you like here? You said North Forsyth and Forsyth Central. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is a uh, my old Forsyth County days. Give me the uh, give me the Raiders. I'm going North Forsyth. You're going North Forsyth. I don't know. Both of them have been pretty bad in recent years. <laughs> they really have. Um. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see what happens here. The battle of Cherokee High School and Roswell, both undefeated. Roswell Hornets five and zero. Cherokee, I want to say Warriors, 
Indians? Warriors? I don't know. Um, they're six and zero. Who do you like? Sorry, who is it again? Cherokee and who? Roswell. Both oh, give me the Give me the Hornets all day. Yeah, I'm a big Hornets guy. Let's let's go Hornets. They've been good program over there. Um, yeah, like I'm going. Th- oh, 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 Lanier, the Longhorns, three and one, friend of the pod, Corey Meads, uh, coach of Lanier, hosting the one and five Central Gwinnett Black Knights. Rough year for Central. Yeah, rough ne- rough year for Central. I really like this uh, Lanier team. Give me the Longhorns. Yeah. Uh, how is Dekula reeling from uh, the Lanier Dekula game? How is the well, how is you know, the situation? They know, they know Lanier's a good team. You know, so they're not getting too down about it. They uh, they know they just got to bounce back, qualify for the playoffs. Anything can happen. South Forsyth on the road at West Forsyth. South Forsyth is three and uh, is four zero. West Forsyth two and three. Who do you like? Oh, uh, the the only time you'll hear me say War Eagle. Is when <laughs> referring to a South Forsyth High School. So give me the War Eagles. All right. They've Denmark. been a respectable program in recent years. Last one. Denmark, the new school, the Danes, the Denmark Danes in Forsyth County, two and three on the year. At, great Danes, right? Is it Great Danes? I thought it was just the Danes, like Denmark like Danes. The, Maybe no, I, mean. I think like the dog, not just like Danish people. <laughs> no. It's a dog, right? Yeah, but I don't think a I don't think a Dane is a kind of dog. I think it has to. But be I think a their great... nickname is the. Is it? Are you sure it's Great Danes? Um, I'm not. Not that. Not now that you're questioning me, I'm not. But I thought it was Denmark Danes. Let's see. Denmark Danes High School Football. This is what people come here for. Um. Hmm. Hmm. None of it says... Oh, yeah, Denmark Danes. Yeah. It looks like it says Danes, yeah. Hell That's yeah. Weird. That is what we do here on this podcast. Yeah, you're correct, sir. Um, All right. Uh, Lambert, where my brother went to high school. So they're four and two on the year. They've been actually sneaky bad. Uh, But there you go. Matt Green, do you have anything else you'd like to add before we get out of here today? Um, The last thing I'll add is this story from a year ago that they take their mascot very seriously, (laughs) Denmark Danes, and they have a great Dane that just roams the school hallways. Oh. When you say roam, like no leash? It kind of looks like it. I mean, these are big-ass dogs, but they also, they kind of seem like they're like big old goofy dogs, you know what Mm. I mean? They don't yeah. seem like threatening big dogs. Like if you saw a Rottweiler coming down the the hallway, you'd be like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, because Zeus <laughs> is coming at me. I'm out of here. Like yeah. I, I'm leaving. Yeah, but um, yeah, the the Danes. So good call by you. For Matt Green down there in Tequila, Georgia, that is going to do it for myself in Knoxville, Tennessee. Matt, thank you as always, sir. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we will be back on Sunday. Sounds good, man. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.